Is the Church Muscular or Wilting? by Dave Pellow. May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of men. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. What is a good Christian? It's common to hear heathens diagnose people they disagree with as not a very good Christian. But how would they know when they are literally identified as rejecting what Jesus, the Christian's exemplar, says is good? It may be fair to forgive them their ignorance, if not their arrogance, as the nature of Christianity may be less clear today than it has been for a generation or more. That is, thanks in no small part, to the yawning gap between those who believe the church should be demure and inobtrusive in the public square and those who believe preaching the kingdom of God is a relevant blessing and benefit to every corner of important public issues, welcome or not. I hear some Christians, perhaps well-intended, claim some heathens are repulsed by a muscular, masculine church. Yet I also personally know of others who are repulsed by effeminate, apologising pulpits. It's short-sighted to criticise the church based on anecdotes of some people's discomfort. Instead, we should measure her against scripture and long-established tradition. I think it's fair to say excesses are possible at both extremes. If we are unaware of them both, we may become susceptible to that we do not guard against. I also think it's fair to say, with ample evidence, the modern church has more often shirked its prophetic anointing than it has neglected the gentler aspects of grace and mercy in God's kingdom. Any pulpit or parishioner that is not preaching the loving fullness of God's kingdom, grace and mercy with full measures of justice and truth, will become obsessive about the church's reputation instead of faithfulness, aesthetics over substance, and attempt to sanitize the offensiveness of the gospel from their preaching and prophecy. There must be zero tolerance for unrepentant sin in the Bride of Christ. Instead, limp-wristed pretenders are often caught affirming and celebrating the deadly sin of pride and returning like dogs to the vomit of pagan liturgy, syncretistic slogans and carnal agendas. My fellow believers, in the face of such a departing from the way, a muscular leadership of Christendom to judge and cast out unrepentant, proud sinners from both the pulpit and the pew is not optional but imperative. The church is not a social club with an atrophied will, but a gathering of disciples, followers, believers in and servants submitted to the absolute lordship of Jesus of Nazareth. Repentance and humility opens the door wide and pride closes it shut fast. If you have no authority to discipline, don't assume it. Count those who do, the shepherds, as allies until such point as they embrace compromise, then leave in peace. There are many fearless, loving, 
uncompromising pastors and priests who remain faithful to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the teaching of the apostles. Find them and fellowship there. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and trying to redraw the boundaries of the narrow way to life is a wicked, foolish errand. Jesus is the friend of sinners, but never did he affirm their sin and confusion or celebrate their pride. Indeed, he encouraged their unconditional and unreserved repentance and told them to sin no more. The church, each and every believer, has the same anointing as was on John the baptizer, to preach truth and justice, grace and mercy together without flinching, to welcome and water baptize sinners unto repentance, to make straight paths in the moral wilderness to Christ the Messiah, to proclaim the present and coming kingdom of God, to count the potentially terrible cost and preach truth to power anyway. Offense is not intended, but it is inevitable. The most hateful thing a Christian could do is dilute or water down the gospel to make it more winsome or popular, condemning the eternal spirit of unrepentant sinners to hell. For how will they hear without a preacher? Faithfulness is all you and I are responsible for. Results are God's responsibility alone. Grace is amazing, but the confession of faith in Jesus as Lord is profound and life-changing. Pray for a revived church and a repentant city and nation. Guard diligently against excess, but labor for the genuine approval of Christ alone. Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but the kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynic, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.